0: I'm going to preach on a uh, pretty familiar text this morning. I'd say many of us are uh, familiar with this scripture, but I, I pray that we could allow God's Word to speak to us this morning because I believe He's got something for us. Uh, begin reading here in verse number 40 of Luke chapter 8. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. The Bible says in verse 40, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received Him, for they were all waiting for Him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. Thank God for that. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was immediately healed. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for letting us be here this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, God, and for all that you're going to do. God, I pray that you'd allow me to get hid behind your cross, that they would see Jesus this morning high and lifted up. And God, I pray that you do only what you can do this morning. I pray that you'd uh, touch a, a heart this morning, God, if there won't be lost here this morning. I pray today would be their day of salvation. God, if one be struggling in need of you, God, I pray that you'd meet their need this morning. Help us to glorify you. I pray, God, your presence will be felt this morning in your church. And thank God for opening the doors one more day. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Bless this word, God, is only you can. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. See here in in this text that we'll find a little bit about Jesus Christ and who He is as we go through Luke chapter 8. You'll find that Jesus comes across some of the most desperate people in some of the most desperate situations. And the Bible says that He would heal them. He would come by their ways and just the simplicity of who He was and and those that were struggling with uh, things that man could not fix. God, Jesus came in in God and and human flesh and He healed these people. We see His compassion and we see His love for mankind as we look at the person of who Jesus was. But I want to notice here in Luke chapter 8 the chaos of these situations. If you'll study here in Luke chapter 8, this entire chapter, there's a lot going on at one time. We'll find that Jesus has just finished uh, His trip over to the maniac at Gadara where He healed this man. Uh, the Bible says where He was bound by the tombs. He was uh, bound by fetters and chains. The Bible says that no man could tame Him. He would cut Himself day and night. And this man was just full of the devil. This man was at his all-time low. He He was desperate, and there was nothing that mankind could do for this man, this maniac at Gadara. We'll find that Jesus Christ, in His love and His mercy of who He really is, He goes to where this man is, and He touches him and heals him where he's at. Amen. I'm glad one day for the day that He came to where I was. Amen. And He touched me and healed me because I could not get to Him. We'll find this man was told to go tell the country that he came from, all the things that God hath done for him. He told them and these people began to see a, a maniac that was cut himself, now healed. And the Bible says he was clothed and in his right mind. We get here to Luke chapter 8 and we'll find that Jairus' daughter, the, the man that's a ruler of the synagogue, the Bible says she was sick unto death. This 12-year-old little girl is laying on her deathbed. This woman with an issue of blood is doing all she can just to get a hold of Jesus. Verse 40 teaches us that the people were doing all, they were all waiting for Him. Everyone needed a touch from Jesus on this day. Verse 42, the Bible says the people thronged Him, meaning there was a great multitude of people around Jesus on this day. Uh, That word thronged means they would choke or strangle uh, the the, the people that was around Him. He had no way to move around. He He was choked about the way Jesus was moving. There was a multitude, a vast number of people around Jesus on this day just rubbing shoulders with Him and just touching Him. All have heard of His fame and His glory. And everyone comes to Jesus just wanting to to see who He is and and learn more about Him. I believe it would be safe for us to say this morning that this will be a chaotic environment. Uh, There's a lot of things going on here in this chapter. There's a lot of people who have needs. There's a lot of people who are desperate in desperate situations. And from an outward perspective looking in, it it almost seems like there's too many problems and not enough Jesus to go around. It almost seems like that that Christ is only able to tend to certain needs. And and even Jairus' servant would make the comment, trouble not the master any further because your daughter's already dead. It seems like everything's falling apart and Jesus can only do so much. But I'm glad just because it seemed that way this morning that's not the true case of the situation that Jesus knows every one of our needs this morning. He knows your need, amen. He knows my need this morning. I begin to think this morning, if the altars were full, if everybody in here no doubt we've all got problems from the smallest to the largest, if this altar filled up at the end of the service, Christ would know every single prayer that was prayed to him. He's able to handle your situation, your brother's situation, and all all these situations at one time while still remaining the entire world in His hands. I sure am glad this morning that Jesus Christ has it all under control. He knows what He's doing, He knows what we need, and He, and we, and he knows when we need these things. There's a great comfort in knowing that He has it all under control. I understand we live in a chaotic world. I understand that at times that our lives can be chaotic. And I understand at times it seems like everything is falling apart. And it seems like there's nothing we can do but just hang on by a thread. I want to remind you this morning, church, Jesus has everything under control. He is not in heaven this morning nervous, uh, twitting his thumbs, figuring out what he's going to do next. He already has the plan figured out. Amen. And all the plan and all the answers are found at Jesus' feet. He's not nervous. If you trusted Him to save you this morning, trust Him to carry you. But if you're not real careful, you'll let the chaos of the situations grab your attention instead of focusing on the comfort that Jesus has to offer. So many times I myself find myself a victim of falling to this that I'll look at how big my storm is instead of looking at how big my Savior is. No matter how big the storm, and no matter how big the scenario, or no matter how big the situation, Jesus, amen, this morning, there's a great comfort in knowing whatever you came into the church with this morning, that He has it all under control, amen. Just because you may feel as it's falling apart, Jesus has it all under control. But in the midst of all this chaos, I want to take our attention this morning to this very familiar story of this woman with the issue of blood and the confidence that she had in Jesus. Despite the chaos, despite the crowds, and despite her circumstances, this woman believed if she could just get to where Jesus was and just, and just touch His garment, she believed that everything in her life, she believed she would be made whole. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of Mark, matter of fact, that when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the, pit, in the press behind Him and touched His garment. For she said, if I may but touch His clothes, I shall be whole. The Bible says she heard. I begin to wonder, how did this woman hear about Jesus? Could it have been maybe one of the blind men that would run through town telling everybody how Jesus had touched his eyes and now this man could see? Could it be the lame man that Christ had touched his legs and now this man was able to walk? Could it be that maybe this, this woman had heard about the situation of the maniac at Gadara and she said within her heart, Surely if God can do that for those people, then surely He can do that for me. And she had just that much confidence that she believed in her heart that she would get herself close to Jesus and just get to the place where she could touch just the hem of His garment. She believed that if she touched that garment, the power that resided in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that it would make her whole. The Bible says that she touched Him. Now, I want to preach on that thought this morning. What a difference a touch can make. What a difference a touch can make. I'm glad the same Jesus that It's found here in Luke chapter number 8 Is the same Jesus that you and I are preaching about and talking about this morning. I'm glad that the same Jesus that can touch this maniac at Gadara can touch your issues in today's life. I'm glad that the same Jesus that this woman had just enough confidence in that reached out and touched his garment. If you and I have that confidence this morning to reach out and touch his garment just with anything you have going on in your life, if you'll just trust him with everything, if you'll reach out to him this morning, amen, I believe he's already reaching out for you. I believe everybody in here, he's already got his hand stuck out this morning saying whatever you need, however you need it, I'm here to meet all of your needs. I love you son, I love you, daughter and I'm here for you this morning. If we'll just reach out for him, amen, he's already reaching out for us this morning. That's the reason we all came to church, right? Amen. The reason we're here is cuz Jesus, amen, he was buried and, and on the 3rd day he rose again. I'm here to preach to you this morning that Christ is alive and he can take care of any one of your situations and any one of your scenarios and any one of your struggles this morning. I want to notice this woman's situation. Notice number 1, her sickness. The Bible says she had an issue of blood. Now, according to the law in Leviticus chapter 15, This woman was not only sick, but she was unclean. In other words, she was condemned. Anything this woman touches was unclean. And anyone this woman touches is now unclean. Anything this woman touches and anything... Or anyone that touches anything this woman touches, that's a hard word to say. Anything that she touches is unclean. What I'm trying to say here, this woman is an unclean woman according to the law. And no doubt to society, this woman was a nobody. Could you imagine how this woman felt... When society looked down upon her as a nobody, I mean, if she came near where you were and she touched you, you are now considered unclean. Anything she touches and you touch, you are now considered unclean. And no doubt, as society would look upon her, they would look to her as a nobody and an outcast. And she felt like nobody cared about her and felt like there was no hope for her situation. And she began to get discouraged and wore out over everything that was going on. Notice the length of her sickness. The Bible says that she was in this condition for 12 years long. Twelve years. This is something she dealt with for years, not for a weekend. This woman had this issue of blood for twelve years. I don't know about you, but that's no short period of time to me. That's a long time to deal with something of this stature. No doubt she's wore out. No doubt she's tired of all the struggles and all the sickness and all the way that she feels as an outcast. But I want to notice her spending. The Bible says that she spent all her living upon physicians. She had spent everything that she had, everything that she owned, she had spent just trying to get better. Every paycheck she had, she had wasted it and spent it just trying to fix her condition. Every resource, every uh, source of income this woman had, anything that she had that she could go to, she took it and she gave it to the doctors just hoping those doctors could help her, amen, in her sickness. She has been dealing with this sickness for 12 years. She has reached the point of desperation. She feels like there's no hope. As she feels like an outcast. She spent everything she's had just trying to get better. Notice also her sorrows. She was sick, and sick for 12 years. She spent everything she had trying to get better. But her sorrow was that the physicians had told her there was nothing they could do. Look at verse 43 with me this morning. And neither could be healed of any. Not only has this woman spent all and went, went along with this for 12 years... The doctors just told her there's no hope. What was just reported to this woman was that, ma'am, you're going to live this way for the rest of your life. Ma'am, we've tried every resource. Ma'am, you've spent everything you have. And ma'am, we've done all we know to do. We've we've, we've done all the tricks in the book. And ma'am, there's nothing we can do to fix your situation. You're just going to have to deal with this and live like this for the rest of your life, ma'am. No doubt this woman, when she heard those words, had a great deal of sorrow enter into her life. Could you imagine as uh, placing ourselves in the shoes of this woman? She's spent all, and she's in a sorrowful heart, and she's been sick for twelve years. And now, to top it off, the doctors look at her and say, "Man, there's nothing we can do for you. There's absolutely no hope for you, and there's there's nothing we can do for you." spin spent everything. She's done all she can. But ain't you glad this morning when the world says there's no hope? Jesus always offers hope. I work with a guy that he was beginning to tell me about his daughter. His little girl, at, this was back in the 90s, he had a little girl that had a, a, a rare heart condition. And she, he began to tell me that at the age of five, this little girl would have to have open heart surgery. He began to tell me how nervous he was and how anxious he was that he would have to lay his little uh, five-year-old baby girl down on a hospital bed where they would have, do open heart surgery, take her heart out of her body and perform this uh, rare surgery at this time. The doctors told him, they said, in three to five years, you'll be back to see us again. For the rest of her life, from three to five years, you're going to have to deal with this surgery year in and year out, just dealing with the worries and the struggles. The doctor told him, if you make it five years, we'll throw a party. Well, he began to tell me that it's been 20-something years later and the the doctor's been going, all the checkups, have been going good and everything's been going great and everything worked out as as planned. But what we found out here was that doctor was wrong, but God was in control of that situation all along. I'm glad this morning that when, when the world says there's no hope, when there's nowhere else for us to turn here, Jesus always offers that hope that this world cannot offer. I sure am glad for that. But notice here this woman's touch. Verse 44, the Bible says she came behind him and touched, the Bible says touched, the border of his garment. This woman so sick, this woman so miserable, this woman uh, so wore out, this woman is so sorrowful, this woman has spent everything she's had, and this woman who just got the bad report, will find in this morning, I'm trying to paint you a picture, that this woman came as the multitude thronged to Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings, amen, and the Lord of lords walking on this earth. As the press is around him, the Bible teaches us, here's this sick woman who is at the point of desperation. She, she crawls in the press behind them, and she all with all the faith in her soul, she reaches out and she just touches the hem of his garment. I want us to notice through the touch of faith, she received more than what she expected. When this woman went to touch Jesus, all she wanted to do was be healed. She was concerned in her issue of blood being dried up. She was concerned in her sickness being gone. But what she found out later on down the road is that she received more, amen, just by reaching out and touching Jesus by faith than what she ever thought she was going to receive. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I got saved, amen, all I knew was that Jesus was the Savior, I knew that I was a sinner, and I knew I needed salvation, and whenever I trusted in Him, amen, I didn't realize what all I was getting, I didn't realize I was was getting a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I didn't realize I was getting a home, a mansion built for me in heaven, I didn't realize the eternal condemnation in the devil's hell that I was going to escape this morning, I didn't realize everything I got when I asked Christ to save me, but what I'm coming to find out this morning is I've got more than what I understood that I was getting at that day that I asked Christ to save me. Boy, ain't God good to us this morning. Not only does He save us, but all the benefits that comes along with knowing Jesus as our Savior. Notice what she received this morning. Verse 44 says, And immediately her issue of blood stanched. The very moment she touched Jesus, immediately her sickness was gone. Thus what the physicians have said could not be done by Jesus was done. She received healing. But notice also she received relief. Now, don't you know that when this woman had found that her issue of blood had stanched, don't you know the relief that overwhelmed her soul? If she found out that that sickness she had struggled with for 12 years, she had spent all and she had been sorrowful, that now all of a sudden all that was behind her, she no more had to worry about being an outcast or being a nobody or having to deal with that situation, we'll find that she has a great relief understanding that Christ has completely made her whole. Immediately, the Bible says that when she touched his garment, she was made whole. Don't you know how she was relieved over this situation? Now, I don't know about you, but that's something to get excited over this morning. That this woman who struggled for so long, all she'd done by faith was reached out and touched his garment. And immediately, all of that was behind her. But I also want to notice what else she got. And that was virtue. Notice she touched Jesus It was different than the multitude. Now think about this scenario. There's a great vast of people around Jesus, but when Jesus felt the touch from this woman, He noticed the change. There was something different about her touch versus the rest. Notice how Peter and those around were amazed that Jesus made the statement, Jesus said, who touched me? Jesus said, I feel that somebody has touched me. Now look at verses 45 and 46. Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Peter and the disciples said, Lord, what about all these people rubbing shoulders with you? What about all these people rubbing elbows with you? What about all these people that's around you and and the vast amount of people that's touching you? Lord, how in the world do you know that somebody touched you? I mean, there's hundreds of people that's touched you. How in the world, Lord, do you know that somebody has touched you? Jesus says, somebody has touched me. Notice he says that virtue is gone out of me. I'll begin to think about this. There's many today, and I'm just trying to be truthful about the situation. There's many today that are just rubbing shoulders and rubbing elbows with the Lord. Amen. But there's no change in their life, and there's no change in their their walk, and there's no change with their talk. But when this woman touched Jesus, there was a virtue that went out of Him and into her, and it forever changed her life, and it forever changed her walk, and she knew about it and also did Jesus. The virtue. She received virtue. Now, that word virtue, if you do a word research, I didn't know this until I'd done a word research, but that word virtue means power. And if you look up the Greek root meaning of that word, it's dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from this morning. It's the same word that Jesus uses in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says this. He says, but ye shall receive power... Deutemus, Dynamite, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. What that verse is teaching us this morning is when we get born again, the Holy Spirit of God takes residence in our souls and our hearts and it changes us by showing us and showing the world that Jesus now lives inside of us. The sinner is gone, the old man is gone, and now to show the world who Jesus is and what He's done for you in your life. I do believe we can take this Same application and apply it to this woman's touch of His garment. That virtue is what she received. Now I do know that the Holy Ghost didn't come until Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, but I don't want to become so theologically correct that I'm trying to miss what God's trying to show me in His Word. Jesus said this woman received virtue. I want to look into what changed her life on how she received virtue. Number one, it caused her to confess. Now notice when this woman, after she had touched Jesus, she was healed, she received virtue, uh, she began to openly confess what had happened to her between her and Jesus. Look at verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him as she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was immediately healed. This woman, before all the people, the multitudes of people here that day, uh, she had no problem uh, proclaiming openly to everybody there. She said, hey, listen, it's me. I'm the woman who was sick. I was the woman who was desperate. I was the woman who needed help. And I was the woman who reached out by faith and touched him. And whenever I touched him, amen, he made me whole. She began to openly confess that Jesus had healed her. She openly confessed that she needed healing. She openly confessed that she, she was desperate. She openly confessed. To, does the Bible not say there in the verse that she, she had realized that the, how bad off she was and, and she had realized that she needed to get a hold of Jesus and she realized she was desperate and she realized she needed a touch? She admitted that she was desperate. She admitted that Jesus could heal her. And she admitted that when she touched Jesus, that He healed her. All of a sudden, she began to openly confess what Jesus has done for her in her life. Before all these people, she confessed Jesus had healed her. It was openly proclaimed. It was glorifying to God. I always worry about those who never have that stirring inside of their soul that want to openly proclaim and openly profess that Jesus has forever changed them. I always worry about those who say they've been saved, but there was no change in their walk. I always worry about those who say that Christ lives on the inside, but amen, they live like the devil on the outside. I always worry about those. There's never a stir. There's never the power of God. There's there's never that moving in their soul. There's never a change that takes place. And I believe this morning a God that's as big as the God we serve and as powerful as the God we serve, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who hung the stars in the sky, the God who knows them by name, the God who put the sunshine in the clouds, the God who gave us breath in our lungs and a heartbeat in our chest. I believe that same God that lives inside of a, a saved man's heart, He will reveal Himself to the world and show this world what the power of God can do to an old, wretched sinner. You're looking at one this morning. You're looking at one this morning. I begin to think about the power that works inside of God's people. What causes that preacher to preach, Brother Jackson? What causes that man of God to get behind his pulpit and preach and tell people about Jesus? What causes the choir to get up and sing and praise God and watch tears roll down their face? What causes those to testify before a service starts? What causes those to come to an altar? What causes those to pass a track out? What causes those to tell people about Jesus? What causes those to get in their vehicles and drive to a church house on a Sunday morning? What causes those to do these things that God has done in their life? There's nothing within your flesh that can cause you to do these things. It's nothing but the power of God that resides inside you through the Holy Spirit of God that's taken residence in your heart and He's forever changed you through the power of His Holy Spirit. I sure am glad that when Satan moved out, amen, that Jesus moved in. And ever since then, he's been, been using me as a vessel just trying to show the world what Jesus can do through saving an old, wretched sinner. I sure am glad for the grace of God. A good indication that we've been saved is there's a change, and there's a, a power that now resides in your heart and in your soul and your life. There's a change. The Bible says, if any man be in cross, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ephesians verse, or chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power of the Holy Spirit is God just taking us and putting his spirit inside of us and showing us the world what Jesus has to offer. Not only did it cause her to confess, but it changed her title. Notice in verse 48 the Bible says, And, she, and he said unto her daughter.'" Jesus looked at this woman who by faith reached out to Him. And it's amazing. He no longer saw a sinner. He no longer saw a sick woman. He no longer saw an outcast woman. He no longer saw an unclean woman. He no longer saw a condemned woman. He no longer saw a begging woman that was just trying to get better and spending all she had. But He saw His daughter. When He looked at this woman, He looked at her and He said, Daughter, I'm glad when I got born again I was born in the family of God. That now I'm no longer that sinner. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I'm glad this morning whenever I got saved that I now am the son. I'm a son of God. I'm just like his son. And when he looks to me, he looks to the blood that's been applied to my life. He no longer sees the old man. Amen. But there's complete peace in my life that I I am his and he is mine. And there's nothing that can separate that love this morning. If you're saved by the grace of God this morning, don't ever let the devil rob you of that. So often we let the devil rob us of that. The devil ever come in your past and remind you of where you've been and what you've done? I know I'm not the only one this morning. He tries to tell you where you've been and tell you the things you've done and tell you the things you've said and tell you where all you've messed up. But don't ever let the devil rob you of the peace that God offers. You're now in his family. You're now his child. And he's now your father. And the Bible says says there's nothing that can separate the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Nothing can ever separate the love of God. Not only did it changed her title, it caused her to confess, but it also comforted her with peace. Now notice verse 48, He says, "Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole." And he says, "Go in peace. The virtue comforted her with a great peace that all was well with her soul. There is no better feeling this morning than knowing you've been forgiven." He says, "Daughter, go in peace." She was able to walk away from the Son of God on this day and she was able to have that peace in her heart and a peace in her soul that all was well with her soul. If she were to die that day or die that night or die that next day, she had complete 100% peace that she was right with God and God was pleased with her. And He said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. I'm glad tonight that I can lay my head down. And if something were to happen before the sunrise in the morning, I have peace with God. Not because of anything I've done. Not because I'm a preacher, not because I have a suit and tie on this morning, not because I've done anything good, because I put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ. And I can lay my head down and knowing know that I have 100% peace with God because His Son saved me and His Son died for me and His blood was applied to my life. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have that peace today? I was studying this last night and I began to ask God, how do I close this out? God said, why don't you write that down? Ask the church, do you have that peace today? Did you walk in here with that peace that if something were to happen today, do you have that peace that Jesus says, son or daughter, go in peace? Did you walk in here with that peace this morning? Can you lay your head down tonight with that peace? Can you have that comfort that's deep down in your soul that you've touched Him and He's touched you and you've forever been changed? As you can say, it's all well with my soul. What a difference a touch can make. This woman was forever changed over one touch. One touch, her life was forever changed. I begin to think about all that God's done for me, and I'll just share a little thought, and then I'll be done. You know, I'm up here this morning preaching, but I've always been a preacher. God has done so much for me by me just reaching out and asking Him to touch me. This altar has helped me so many times by coming up here and saying, God... I'm miserable and I need your help. Just, Lord, just touch me. I don't know what you're dealing here with this morning. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if you've got something going on in your life. I don't know if you've got something going on at home. I don't know if you're struggling with something in your, in your marriage or in your job. Wherever it is and whatever it may be this morning, can I encourage you that His hand's already reaching out for you this morning. He wants to touch you, amen? He wants to reach out. He wants to touch you. But all we've got to do is take that step of faith and reach out and grab His hand because it's already there for us to touch. Wherever you're at this morning, wherever you're going through, you know what happens a lot of times we'll come in church, and I've always heard it said that church is where the most lies are told. Well, we don't really admit how we re- what's really going on behind the scenes. Amen. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to have things messed up. It's okay to have issues. It's okay to have troubles, because we came here that Jesus can take care of all that this morning. If you'll just trust Him and touch Him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. you would please stand, I'm done preaching this morning.